0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is NPR's Life Kit. I'm Lauren Migaki. Cooking writer Eric Kim doesn't just like Thanksgiving.
2: I love, I love Thanksgiving. <laughs>
1: He's been cooking it himself since he was 13 years old. As the child of Korean immigrants in Georgia, Eric says the adults in his family didn't know how to make American Thanksgiving dishes. But all the kids wanted to indulge in all the goodness of the day.
0: Which
2: is why those early Thanksgivings had like five different pies and a
1: banana pudding. Remember, this is from the mind of a 13-year-old. Turkey was too expensive, so two roast chickens were the main dish, some stovetop stuffing.
2: But over the years... The kids got better at cooking it, and then the adults looked forward to it, and it became this beautiful kind of moment for once a year where the, the adults could, like, sit back and relax. And, and so it really became our own.
1: These lovely memories of Thanksgiving seem so idyllic, right? That is, until you have to start making it yourself. Spatchcock, buttermilk, dry brine. It's easy to get overwhelmed with all the different ways you can cook a turkey. And what about stuffing? Stuffing. One recipe site boasts 34 recipes for delicious stuffing, each with about a thousand ingredients. How are you supposed to make everything magically appear on the Thanksgiving table without totally collapsing into a heap by turkey carving time?
2: Thanksgiving Day doesn't have to be such a crazy like parade of of, of dishes and cooking.
1: Our Thanksgiving expert Eric Kim says with a few strategies you can actually enjoy time with your friends or family on Turkey Day. He's got a menu that's perfect for beginners, but also
2: Anyone who just wants a really good meal but in a streamlined, like easy way. And I always like to say that simple doesn't mean flavorless or bad. It's it's sort of like I always believe in cooking smarter, not harder and <laughs> sorry, that's a such a cheesy refrain.
1: But it's true. Stick around for Eric Kim's wonderful menu and some tips to make a great Friendsgiving happen.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors and she shares how her team makes an impact.
1: We always do what we like to think of as actionable science. So The work that we do makes its way to things like nutrition and physical activity guidelines for cancer.org, where millions of people come each year to learn about how they can better prevent cancer.
0: To learn more, go to cancer.org.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: Before we dive into dinner, let's set the table on the gathering portion of this holiday. Can you talk a little bit about what a Friendsgiving means to you and, and what should be the goal of a Friendsgiving?
2: So, for me, Friendsgiving, it, it started out being like the the replacement holiday. It's like, oh man, I can't go home, so I have to be with, you know, some other people. And eventually, I started to really embrace it as its own special thing. Um, one year, I just made a dinner with my friends, like four gay guys, uh, in a tiny studio apartment, making a, a dinner, and it was um, a full blown feast for maybe ten. And we, and you know, we were only four, but we, <laughs> you know, we ate it twice, maybe because that's what you do on Thanksgiving. And I think leftovers are usually for the next day. But for us, it was just later in the evening after (laughs) more wine and conversation. But um, yeah, I think I I started to really embrace it as this wonderful opportunity to celebrate my friendships.
1: Sounds a little bit like it's also about finding the people that you're able to be with on that day too, whether it's family or friends.
2: Yeah, I think that's part of the joy too. I I love Friendsgiving because it's a chosen family, right? And I, I really believe in that, especially in the queer community. It's it's sort of this opportunity for you to make a new version of that narrative. I think for many, going back home for Thanksgiving can be very fraught. But I think tied to that is the joy of um, establishing a new family and a you know, found family, as as many would call it. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to celebrate as well. And it means that you're not just celebrating your friends because they're replacements for family. You're celebrating them because they're, they are your family. And I think that's really beautiful.
1: I really love that sentiment. So to the nitty gritty of it, when it comes to hosting a friend's giving, how do you think about dividing up responsibilities? Um, like, is there something in particular the host should plan to make? Is there something that's best for assigning? It seems like there's like a, a perfect space to be found between overplanning and underplanning.
2: I really believe that you can plan. It's kind of like Murphy's Law, like plan for the worst and then um, it might not happen. But you have to adapt to who your group is. Like I could sit here and just tell you the usual food media answers, which are, oh, the host should do the turkey and then make sure they bring ice and make sure that person who can't cook does this. I I don't believe in that. I believe in look at your friends and what are their strengths (laughs) and use them them to your advantage. And what you're really assigning isn't, they're, they're not just like things you need as the host. It's you're assigning people based on their talents and you're like, I really, really want to eat Jesse's cranberry you know, lime pie or whatever. But, you know, with that said, I think um, the turkey, if you're doing a turkey, it should be, you should, the host should do it because that is hard to, it's kind of hard to do. Easier for transport. Slab. Yeah, so you want to be kind. Oh, and don't do, don't ask anyone to do Brussels sprouts because that stinks up um, a train. And I, <laughs> I know from experience.
1: <laughs> they so. taste so good, but they smell so bad.
2: They do. They do smell bad. That's true. <laughs>
1: What about quantities? How do you plan for the right amount of food? It's my absolute nightmare that I would not have enough food to serve my friends.
2: I know, it's such a fear. Actually, that's why it's really nice to just let people bring what they want to bring because then you have a bounty. But um, for me, I, I really think it's a pound of turkey per person. I actually go for like a pound and a half per person of bone in turkey per person so that everyone can have leftovers. Uh, I think the turkey is the one thing, it's like, for, I think it's a very sacred bird for me because I I eat it only once a year and so you might as well make a lot of it um so I really believe this but with the side dishes just don't make as much as you think you need like if you really look at someone's plate like how much of that casserole dish is going onto it you know to fit you you have to fit everything else so I really recommend that people just kind of tone it down unless you like really want leftovers for instance we have a broccoli cheese rice casserole in our family that we make every year and I make a whole vat of, like, extra vat of that. It kind of stays in the fridge. And not that we're, we even finish the first vat, but it's like we need people to go home with it because it's so special to us. But um, yes, I right. think make a lot of what you like, but when it comes to everything else, I just really think people overcook on Thanksgiving and you don't have to.
1: I also really enjoy hearing you kind of wax poetic about turkey a little because I feel like this time of year, a lot of the haters come out to play and they're just wrong, obviously, but thank you for defending turkey.
2: I think people don't like turkey because they've had so many bad versions, but I'm someone who really just, I think it's because I'm lazy mostly, but I really believe that the turkey, you can roast it like a chicken. and So all I do is I, I slather some butter all over it, sprinkle it with salt and pepper, and I roast it like a regular... Regular, uh, regular bird, it's like a poultry. So what happens is it cooks perfectly evenly. It's, it's seasoned throughout because I go heavy on the salt and uh, the skin is like super crispy. It It's like delicious. Turkey can be delicious if you don't overcook it. That sounds so obvious, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
1: Well, speaking of which, um, I know this year you've created a menu for the holiday um, with a sort of—I um, don't want to call it a beginner's guide to Thanksgiving, but it's a—it's a, a way to prepare a Thanksgiving dinner simply. Uh, I was wondering if you could walk us through it and give us a sense of, you know, what a home cook can learn from it.
2: Oh my God, how much time do you? Have? <laughs> um, just, just kidding. I, I, you, you hit the nail on the head. Which is, it's not just for beginners. It's, it's for anyone who just wants a really good meal, but in a streamlined, like, easy way.
1: So the way Eric keeps his menu streamlined is to follow a few simple steps. One big piece? No fancy ingredients. Butter, salt, pepper, onions. These are the staples that Eric uses throughout his dishes.
2: You know, certain pantry ingredients to just be used across the menu so that when you're shopping, it, it sort of, like, feels it feels nice to know that you're buying a thing and it's going to, like, multiple dishes instead of buying an esoteric, like, spice or something for one thing. and
1: Something you'll actually use again.
2: Yeah, and then something you'll actually use again or likely you'll already have in your pantry.
1: Also, Eric suggests sticking to one kind of dried herb, which means you save a lot of time by not having to wash
2: fresh herbs. I call for a dried oregano across the menu because I kind of went, like, an Italian route in terms of flavor. But I just think um, keeping it simple, and having like one herb there is is fine and tastes tastes wonderful.
1: So for the actual dishes, we've got a salt and pepper turkey breast, a make-ahead umami gravy.
2: The base of this is caramelized onions, and I think that's that's something that's there's a lot of onion in this uh, in this menu because onions are super delicious and really affordable.
1: A radicchio salad with artichokes and green beans.
2: I personally am not a fan of canned green beans, so this is kind of my rebellion against my family, um, which is. Kind of what Friendsgiving is about. It's about rebelling against your family. So Rebelling against
1: uh, green bean casserole? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: Then there's a lemon cranberry relish, garlicky mashed sweet potatoes, and a very fun stuffing that Eric calls cheesy pizza stuffing made with brioche, milk, cheese, and tomato paste.
2: With those combination of flavors, it's a very simple list of ingredients, but it, it gives you like la vodka vibes. Um, mm. Obviously gives you pizza pizza vibes because there's like mozzarella all throughout it.
1: So this menu is a good template. We've got the turkey, stuffing, salad, cranberry sauce, potatoes, and we can't forget dessert. Eric suggests a dish that's reminiscent of the banana pudding he grew up with. This one is a caramel apple pudding.
2: I love it because all you do is sauté some apples in butter and cinnamon, and butter is actually a main ingredient <laughs> in, this, in this menu if you haven't noticed. But yeah, you you make this like lovely saucy, caramelly apple situation, and that takes you maybe fifteen twenty minutes on the stove in a large skillet, and then um, you layer that with Nilla wafers, a salted cinnamon whipped cream. It's like really easy to make, and then the apples and it's like this trifle situation that sits out overnight and oh that's the main thing with this menu I i wanted to prove to everyone and to really encourage people to cook everything the night before there's like all these dishes um work really well when you when you cook them the night before and so what what that means is all you're doing on thanksgiving day is heating heating all the casseroles and then roasting the turkey and and I think when you do Thanksgiving that way, the, the day becomes so fun, and all you are focused on is like making sure your your wine is chilled, and <laughs> where, you know, getting dressed and cleaning your apartment, which are not. insignificant. That's a lot in
1: itself. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. There's like they're not insignificant things, and I think people cook too much on Thanksgiving Day, and it's really unrealistic.
1: It sounds like it frees you up to enjoy the moment a little bit more and enjoy the company hopefully a little bit more. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. Because what I want to do on Thanksgiving day is be with my friends and I want to, or my family, whoever, whoever it is that year. I I think that's made possible by a menu that is pretty like hands off, but the recipes are easy, but I think I'd like to say that they're, they're smart. So Mm. it's, it's a lot of You know, effect for a little um, effort.
1: Sounds like a little bit of butter and a little bit of salt can go a long way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. A lot of butter goes a long
1: way. Well, so you've talked a little bit about the simplicity of the ingredients, um, but it also sounds like you've thought through um, oven times and the prep and the amount of like crazy gadgets you might need for this. Can you just uh, briefly touch on that?
2: So for this, uh, you can make the full meal with just a sheet pan and a large skillet. So the turkey roast on the sheet pan. Um, Everything else gets made um, in a skillet. Oh, and another thing is everything cooks at 350 degrees. I just wanted to make sure everything is the same temperature. And it's nice to not have to, like, perform those, like, mental gymnastics about, like, you know, I'll take this out and then raise it to 400 and then, like, finish the blah, blah, blah. It's like there's none of that. It's just the day of you're roasting the turkey and then heating the casseroles, and that's really it.
1: Yeah, I have like these childhood memories of my aunt like scurrying back and forth to like her neighbor's house to put oh the pies in the oven over there. And yeah, yeah I, I love this. It's wild. So, are there any lessons that you had to come by the hard way? Are there any near disasters or disasters that you care to share with us?
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah, the main one, it just comes straight to mind because it's, it's really traumatic. <laughs> but no, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, So I had a gas oven for the first time when I first moved to New York, and it was kind of my, I think it was like my second or third dorm in college, and my turkey was in a flimsy foil tray, and it was sort of like dripping grease onto the bottom of the oven and causing smoke, so I was like, oh no. So I I laid some foil down on the bed of the oven, and... And quickly learn that that's where the the heat source comes from, and so the foil <laughs> caught on fire. So I learned oh, that foil no. <laughs> I learned I learned that foil catches fire. I was horrified. Um, we we put it out, but there was a lot of smoke in the apartment. So so I, I opened the 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 main front door, and that made the hallway fi- fire alarm go off, and then so the whole building had to had to evacuate. Oh and no! That, yeah, this was like a New York college where most kids maybe like don't go home. So I was watching people just like. Fully dressed in their like nice Thanksgiving clothes, like coming down the stairs with their turkeys, and
1: <laughs> they took their to, turkeys like... with them.
2: Yeah, I think you know we all realized that like we'd be outside for a while. So even I went to my brother's house in Brooklyn to finish the meal, and but I Aww. felt so so guilty, and it was it was really hard to watch all these people <laughs> like uh, you know and their Thanksgivings ruined. So that's def- you know, basically what I learned: do not line the bottom of an oven with with foil.
1: <laughs> it's a great lesson. Thank you for learning it so we didn't have to.
2: <laughs> yeah, some food safety. Um, yeah, keep a keep a fire extinguisher close by, things like that.
1: <laughs> now that we can all practically smell that turkey in the oven, let's recap our strategies for simplifying Thanksgiving.
2: The main strategy with this is really just making sure you cook everything the night before.
1: Keep the ingredients to a minimum and use pantry items that can be used in almost every dish.
2: For me, it's like butter, salt, pepper, oregano, lemon.
1: Avoid oven acrobatics. Look for recipes that can all be cooked at the same temperature. And don't overcook that turkey. Whether you use Eric's menu or your own, remember enjoy yourself with your friends and family.
2: I've thought a lot about this menu. And I'm just excited to share it because it's so so much of an expression of like what I believe Thanksgiving can be, which is like such a pleasure. It's like a pleasure palace of the day, I think.
1: Well, Eric Kim, thank you so much.
2: Yeah, this is so lovely, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me.
1: If you're interested in Eric's turkey recipe or that cheesy pizza stuffing, you can find them at npr.org slash LifeKit. For more LifeKit, check out our other episodes. There's one about how to host a gathering with intention and another about preserving family recipes. You can find those at npr.org slash LifeKit. And if you love LifeKit and want more, subscribe to our newsletter at npr.org slash LifeKit newsletter. And now, a completely random tip, this time from listener Carly Oakley. Bring your own reusable food container when you dine
2: out. It's sustainable because you're avoiding use of a single-use container. And the container you bring is likely way more secure than the to-go
1: container the restaurant will give you. So your leftovers are less likely to spill or stink up your car on the ride home. Hopefully that's helpful. Thanks. Bye. If you've got a good tip, leave us a voicemail at 202-216-9823 or email us a voice memo at lifekit@npr.org. At this episode of Life Kit was produced by Megan Kane, who's also our managing producer. Beth Donovan is the senior editor. Our production team also includes Audrey Wynn, Andy Tagle, Claire Marie Schneider, Janet Wu-Jong Lee, and our digital editor is Beck Harlan. I'm Laura Migaki. Thanks for listening.
0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Indeed. You're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash LifeKit. Terms and conditions apply. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Lisa. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Visit Lisa.com to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot On NPR's Throughline,
1: We cannot function for 24 hours without cobalt
0: because it's in our smartphone, our tablet, our laptop.
1: And as a consequence, the lives of the people living in that part of the Congo descended into just a catastrophe.
0: Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.